This little light of mine. Welcome to the Witness to Love podcast, where we discuss the transforming power of authentic witnesses and community that marriages and families create for our church and world. I'm Mary Rose Verrett. And I'm Ryan Verrett. We are a Catholic married couple seeking to draw other married couples closer to Christ. We release a podcast every third Thursday of the month. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you are here. Let it shine. Hi, I'm Ryan Verrett. And I'm Mary Rose. And we are really excited to be with you again in this podcast. We're talking about uh, making our way through the year of belonging and a very important aspect of the year of belonging. And this reflection is on fatherhood. And if you haven't joined the Witness to Love Year of Belonging, if you go to witnesstolove.org, uh, you can select Be Light and you can join uh, you know, thousands of couples from around the world who are going through this journey together, this journey of belonging through our Be Light Couples Date Night series. And uh, I feel like we're finally at the point in this year of just uh, of belonging where we, we've just had so many great conversations. Um, and, and it's amazing how uh, for those who've been listening to the, the date night videos, uh, this month we had Kelly and Nancy McCaig and Father Vanderwoody. And both Father Vanderwoody and Kelly and Nancy, uh, you know, we knew them when we were friends, when we were dating uh, and, you know, uh, engaged before our wedding. And it was just, it's amazing, like looking back all those years, um, just that the community that we had when we first met in Virginia, and, and those of you who've, who've heard our story, it's a fun story that we, we met in an ice storm. <laughs> right, and that was, yeah, looking back at that, we see how belonging and being a part of a community uh, was so important. And something actually comes to mind right now as we're talking about Nancy and Kelly and Father uh, Thomas Vandewoody and reflecting upon our own um our own background and how we met, I think, is the topic of family of origin. It's not something that comes up often for um, maybe married people as much, but for those who are familiar with Witness to Love and just for growing, it's always good for us to think back about where we come, we came from because um, you don't just develop a community overnight. You don't always just have the right skills or experiences that allow for just something magical to happen, right? You have to, you have to somehow work on some of that. And some of the things that maybe you learn when you were younger were probably maybe not helpful. Maybe a lot of them were, but it's good to just kind of think about that. And maybe we'll weave some of that into the conversation today. And, and you know, both of these again, Father Vanderwoody and and this this beautiful couple uh, that that share their witness. You know, Father Vanderwoody. Uh, you know, just personally sharing. I, I met Father Vanderwoody when I was 14. So this is almost 25 years ago. And he was just such an inspiration for me because when, when I met Father Vanderwoody, he was newly ordained and he was the first, um, I would say, really truly joyful Catholic I had ever met. Really? Yes. Um, we, there weren't, where I grew up in the mountains in Virginia, there weren't a lot of Catholics. And um, I feel like so many people I met were just getting by, you know, just getting by with their faith. And I, and I think that's, that's so many of us that, you know, we, we, we don't have that sense of belonging. And so we, we, we don't have that starting point. But I remember the first thing I asked father, I said, father, um, you, uh, you just have a joyful spirit and a, and there's something different about you. And he said, well, he says, you know, I, I have wonderful parents and I have a wonderful family. And, you know, uh, 
God is wonderful. God is my father. And I, I, I just, I think we all in our life have, have a point where somebody's witness has kind of pushed us a little bit to go, hmm, what do they have? And uh, Ryan and I were discussing this, this study recently that followed um, a, a number of young people who graduated from uh, a university uh, almost 70 years ago. And they were all identified by their peers as having sort of an exceptional life, like they had an attractive quality about them. They seemed happy and peaceful and joyful and well-adjusted. And it was just trying to study what was special about this group of, of young people. And, and what they discovered, uh, without exception, that it was healthy relationships that were kind of the source of a, of a happy, joyful, well-adjusted life. And, and so I think, you know, this whole conversation of belonging is just, it's so critical. We talk about this often that human beings that we grow first and foremost in relationships. Just the other day we were at a family reunion and it was so much fun. It was an extended family reunion on my dad's side, the great grandparents on down. And I saw a side of my dad's, my dad's side, a uh, side of them that was just a lot of fun. There was dancing, there was games, there was prizes, there was lots of kids. And you know, there are moments when you look back upon your childhood that you say, wow, that was a lot of fun. And then sometimes you look back and say, well, maybe that wasn't so much fun. Maybe that was a little bit too serious or too difficult or hard. But whatever it is, all that sort of comes together and gives you the disposition and the starting points on how to enter into friendships, how to sustain them. So fast forwarding a little bit, I guess, you know, 12 years ago, fast forwarding 12 years when Mary Rose and I met in that context with Father Vanda Woody and, and Nancy and, and Kelly McKegg. Uh, that um, that you know we were this whole group of us you know are coming from that those homes and those families that who we are. Some people um, had a great time together. Others struggled in relationships. Some of us got married. Some tried to get married and it didn't work out. It just just a lot of different things. But it's so nice to really to really look and see during this year of belonging that we're all really called to a, a unity. Uh, not a unity of peer pressure, but a unity of service and love, subsidiarity, where we can grow and become grow in friendship. There, there's such a it's it's this is such a wonderful topic, and and you know even we're so grateful to have this podcast and to have you listening that kind of puts the um, the pressure on us to even like have these awesome conversations between us. And thank just, God for the babysitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know we just we really enjoy this time with you and uh, just thinking through this and and the, the conversations we sometimes get phone calls or emails or texts just saying hey I heard the podcast and you know I have a question or I enjoyed this or I want I have a question about that and so definitely reach out to us uh, info at witness to love org. And uh, or you can you know message us through the website, but just to really, this is something that's on all of our hearts, and and we have the just the joy of of when we travel, we get to hear other people's life stories, and you know we we've we've all maybe overcome some some difficult things in our life, and I think those difficult things that we overcome, you know whether it's you know parents' divorce, uh, loss of a child, uh, you know just a challenging uh, childhood, whatever it might be. Um, it, it really helps us become who we are, but it's, it's kind of how you deal with that. And so recently we were in, uh, we were in Miami and we were listening to the stories of, of a lot of the Cuban immigrants, you know, coming to the United States. 
Um, refugees, big ref- more. Yes, during the, you know, when, when sort of Castro was taking over the country and um, that they had to escape their home that they loved and come somewhere new. And the the community, you know, to, to find all the family members and all the friends that had left um, Cuba and then come to America and then to reunite in America with aunts and uncles. Sometimes, you know, fa- friends and family members ha- had died. And it was just... Um, the, the, the strong sense of community, the Vietnamese community has, there's just every time I, I feel like, you know, when, when somebody's, you know, had that persecution and they just, that value of community, that belonging, that, that unity that you find in these families is just, is such an incredible witness. Um, again, belonging, uh, knowing that you belong and something that Father Vanderwoody mentions in his talk and just is really, really powerful. He talks about our relationship with God the Father and how if maybe in our earthly families, maybe if our own father uh, wasn't, you know, the the loving father figure that uh, helps us to understand God the Father, that sometimes we can have a little bit of a skewed understanding of God the Father. But when we realize who God is and who we are and who we belong to, which is God, I mean, that is ultimately the most important understanding of belonging. And and just to sit with that and rest with that, you know, that that you belong to God, you know, that he loves you um, and, and to just rest with that, like that is one of the most powerful prayers. When Mary was just talking about the or experience in Miami, what comes to mind is that in, in this year of belonging, where it's not just about being friends and linking arms and <laughs> and singing songs and things like that. It's really about developing developing an identity mm-hmm. and um, a true identity. I think when we are reflecting upon our relationship with God the Father, is that being we're being restored uh, into God's image and likeness. And what makes us most like God is two things: our ability to choose and our ability to to love. And and when you're around people. You have to choose. You have to choose to be a part of the team or to go against it. When you're around people, you have to choose to love or you have to choose to be selfish. It's just a really interesting thing. But I think when these the experiences of people that have that suffered through things together, the people that grew through things together, the people that accomplished beautiful things together and built neighborhoods and, and communities and churches, they really developed an identity. But I just want to say that it's it's beyond just uh, identifying with a group of people. It's really being a part of a family where God is always seen first and foremost in the family. So we think about what we experienced when we met in Virginia. That there was um, that was it was more than just a, a team and a, it's just a dinner club. But it was really us really reflecting. I think what God wants us to be all united in is a family. And you know, we in in that. If anyone's familiar with kind of, you know, big, big city living and single adults, young adults, um, you know, a lot of times there's a, a superficiality uh, to the the conversations, the relationships. It's, it's a very sort of transient lifestyle, right? You know, people are changing jobs, changing apartments, um, you hang out with this group of friends and you hang out with that group of friends. It's just especially in northern Virginia, we just found it was so challenging with the 
really was, I think it had a lot to do with like the political turnover and like, you know, every four years I felt like, you know, half the people left the city and new people came. And so it was, it was just hard to establish relationships. Um, that being said, there were some incredible families in Northern Virginia who really became anchors for the young adult communities, Nancy and Kelly McKay. You know, they, we, they, we would have coffee on Saturday mornings with them. They, you know, we, they would have us over to their home. We would hang out. We'd have barbecues. We, we'd have picnics. We, we, you know, these, these young couples and, and families that opened up their homes and their hearts to all of these uh, crazy young adults like us who, they really became uh, mentors for us, role models, uh, and, and an opportunity for us to really see how the domestic church, you know, how the how, how marriages lived out, how family life operates, and just a beautiful, beautiful witness. And so, you know, all these years later, um, to, uh, you know, have them give their witness as part of our, our date night series, it's just a beautiful, it was so beautiful for us to hear their story and reflect on just the beautiful pearls of wisdom that they offered. You should reflect upon, now, are there things that prohibit mm -hmm. or become an obstacle or a challenging or a challenge to you to really be united and to belong to each other. And a lot of this comes through just the way we've either, either learned how to relate to people or we've uh, learned how to avoid <laughs> relating to people or being anxious about relating to people or just really secure. You know, I'm referring to in some ways attachment theory, which is a big part of witness to love and and how we really grow and bond together. But the more you develop the the skills and the uh, the and have the opportunities to grow as a person, all these dynamics that you're seeing in the life the lives of these couples um, and be these beautiful couples that are really just making these videos through the year belonging, you know, on their phones or so they just share uh, uh, sort of eyes in to their own life. I mean, they just did the hard work of addressing any any obstacles in their life, asking forgiveness for those things, so they can really be restored and become that image of God that He wants them to be. Recently, we had uh, a couple over for lunch, and they are actually newly, you know, their grandparents. They their uh, their youngest child and their oldest grandchild are the same age, so they have a their their youngest child is seven or no, 10, and their youngest grandchild, or their oldest grandchild is 10. And so, you know, they they just, what, what Ron and I both were struck by was the, um, the just the, the tender, uh, deep care that they've had for their marriage. You know, they, they don't give you the sense that, oh, we're grandparents now, we're kicking back, and we're just gonna, you know, coast on through. Like, they they weren't just kind of getting up every day and like, well, we're married and we've been married, whatever, you know, 35, 40 years and we're going to just keep going. Mm -hmm. No, like every single day they were uh, getting up and saying, no, I, I we're going to have a better marriage and we're going to work on things. And there's, there's, they, they're both very like type A, like don't let anything slide, but just to, you could just sense the love and the work that they had put into their relationship. And, and Ryan and I were really inspired uh, by them just the work that they put into it. Um, I want to share a funny story from the family reunion. Um, uh, one of Ryan's, uh, I guess, cousins or somehow related got up and was sharing a story about how Ryan's, this would be your great, great grandparents, right? They've been married about 50 years at that point. 60. 60 years. And uh, one of their uh, grandkids asked them, hey, like what, what's the secret to being married 60 years? And 
What did they say? I forgot. Oh, <laughs> he said he looked over at his, uh, his oh, wife yeah. and he said, well, when you've been married 60 years, it's really just a habit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the grandson said she, she elbowed him and he never said that again. But, but... There are aspects of love that are like a habit, right? I mean, but... And the word habit is not a bad thing in the classical sense. The habitus means to be develop a good, a good, strong uh, leaning towards choosing the good and choosing what's beautiful and choosing what's true over and over again until it's an easy, joyful thing to do. I so, guess it was joyful at the time what he was referring to, but <laughs> it was funny as well. But no, good point. And I think when we were talking about the couple that Mary was referring to was visiting the other day, there was such a, um, a, a a peaceful tenderness in them, and which seemed to be the uh, sense of a couple that had did so much hard work and sacrifice uh, to to make not only their own marriage be something that is uh, a place that they belong, they feel uh, just so deeply connected and rooted in, but also their children. And now they're grandchildren, and um, it's uh, just a beautiful story to tell. And it really becomes the the pattern, the model that God is asking us to somehow figure out in the particular way that he's calling us to live out our own marriage. And so, you know, as you think about your family, and I mean, we really started thinking as we were visiting with this, again, this this young grandparent couple we were talking to, like... Ryan and I, we must, I hope, I don't know if we're strange, but we're always talking about what we're going to be like when we're grandparents. You ever <laughs> notice that? This is yes. like a frequent conversation. And uh, every time we meet grandparents, we just, we want to hear from them, like, what's it like being a grandparent? And, you know, what uh, what's different between being a grandparent and a parent? And um, when when a, when a couple becomes a grandparent for the very first time, like they, 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 they can barely articulate how amazing it is. Like they're just stumbling over themselves. And it's just so beautiful to, to watch. And you know, this particular grandparent we met, they said that uh, they have uh, every summer for a week, they have all their grandkids come over for a camp. And they, they, bake bread, they sing songs, they do crafts, they have bonfires, they they spend an entire week together and the grandkids live all over the country so they come in and they stay there for a week with the grandparents and then we just thought wow like you're building up that sense of belonging and that sense of community not just you know among your friends in your church and, and maybe your kids but your kids grand you know your grandkids and I think you know, even in my own family, uh, you know, when, when kids grow up, you know, your siblings, it just, I feel like sometimes you might only talk once or twice a year and, and people just grow distant, you know? Um, so, so to be intentional uh, for each of us to think about whether it's our siblings, our kids, our grandkids, our friends, our godchildren, um, who is it that really God is putting on your heart that you need to reach out to and, and really help invite them to belong, uh, to belong to uh, to, to the community that you're a part of, uh, to your family, um, but ultimately to God, to God the Father. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed spending this time with us. We, we've enjoyed spending this time with you, and uh, we hope you'll join us for next month's podcast. This little light of mine. Thanks for joining the Witness to Love podcast today. You can learn more about our tools to support God's beautiful vision for your marriage at witnesstolove.org. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to connect with you. Share how you and your spouse are being a witness to love in our world 
by using Witness to Love Movement hashtag on social media, and you'll have a chance to be featured in our stories. Always remember your marriage is called to be a light in the world. We'll see you next month. May God bless your marriage. I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine